Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm here, so... <laughs> I'm Shea Gibbs-Sogs and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have... I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like... <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Joining you guys again today to talk about the trade deadline where the Thunder acquired Gordon Hayward. They also acquired a 2028 Mavs pick swap. Uh, just kind of getting in this deal to help the Mavericks get um, get what they need in order to make a deal. So let's let's talk this through a little bit because we we did a live stream earlier with Jay and I'm hoping to get somebody else to join me here. If not, we'll just go through here and we can take questions from the chat and we can um, just have a good time. So the trade did change a little bit and we can talk about exactly what the Thunder trade in order to get Gordon Hayward. So it was originally thought. And we knew that it was going to be something more. We kind of just thought it was going to be Poku that got thrown into this deal. But it ends up being Mitsich instead of Poku. So it's Gordon Hayward for uh, Mitsich, Bertans, and Treyman, plus two second-round picks, which is a second, um, I believe it's Houston's second this year, and then Philly's second next year. So, so nothing just like groundbreaking or anything that's going to like derail anything with the Thunder. I mean, Mitic is a fun player, and I get not wanting to trade him, but we have to be like a little bit more realistic about what he's done this year. And I know he's played well in different spots, and that's great, but we're talking about a player that has averaged three points and two and a half assists shooting 40% from the field and 24% from three. I don't think he was going to make an impact uh, in the playoffs. Oh, he's the perfect person to help break this down with me. It's Michele Barra. Michele, welcome. We're just hey, talking about... Hey, I was talking... almost wearing my pajamas, but um, <laughs> I'm here. Michele joining us late night from Italy. Um, so we're talking about the deal. 
that we thought was just I, I thought it was gonna be no picks and Bertans and Treyman and maybe Poku. Mm-hmm. Ends up being two second rounders that aren't great seconds. One of them is a Philly second, one of them is a Houston second. Neither one are are like some great deal for yeah you know for, for the for the Hornets. In fact, like I just did a podcast with Seth Partnow, and Seth Partnow thinks like this is negative value for the Hornets to get. He's like you might he's he he was like you might as well just have let him expire than doing what you did. Um, I don't know um, that I agree with that, but I I yeah. do see his point. And so, like, there's like a more of a national perspective on the deal, and from from what I understand, I don't think Vava was going to be a key contributor in the playoffs, especially if Hayward's here, who can take ball handling duties at times, yeah, who is going to play on the wing, and if I if you are still going to play guys like Kenrich and Wiggins and you know, Case and Wallace, if you're still going to play those guys and Gordon Hayward, you weren't also going to play Vasily Micic in the playoffs. You know, that just wasn't going to happen. So it gives him a chance to go somewhere else or to like, if he needs to catch a buyout and go back to Europe, also fine, you know, but it gives him a chance to play somewhere else where he'll probably play some significant minutes in Charlotte. Like they need somebody to just kind of organize what they do. And he can oh, do that. They don't that. need. They, <clears throat> I mean, depending on the <laughs> they don't. on the goal, and also the second. Do they rounders. even need to play the rest of these games? You know, I just, I yeah. just think having a guy that can get the ball to Brandon Miller, just like one more guy yeah. that can get the ball to Brandon Miller, is yeah. a, is a helpful thing. Yeah, and also having like a guy that can actually play pick and roll on a team that wants to play some pick and rolls. Yeah. I mean, they they have like a um, uh, screen and dive center. Uh, yeah. well, two of them, um, and so. I mean, I would love to see Mark Williams with a guy like him, uh, like yeah. Mitzic. Um, he's injured now, but uh, he'll be back eventually. And and to me, the deal with uh, with Mitzic always was, hey, we try this out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, Case and Wallace is the big reason why Mitzic is today on the um, was three today mm-hmm. because I mean, Case and Wallace is getting minutes. Isaiah Joe is getting better, and. I mean, these are all guards' minutes. And, and also, Aaron Wiggins is playing well enough. And it was clear to me, uh, and it was like really bright against the Jazz, that Aridi OKC needs someone who can be a little bit more of a 3 4 guy. Um, mm-hmm. Because Usman Jang is not ready. Josh Giddy may not be the best player to play in a late game setting Kenrich Williams for different reasons is not having a stellar season and he's also a guy that struggles mightily uh, at the free throw line so what what kind of lineup are you really playing against a team that has like very tall bodies that can really guard in space because if you if you play against the the T-Wolves for example you can bank on the fact that if they have cat you can actually exploit that yeah uh, a little bit exactly Exactly. So I, I'm not really worried about that. Mm-hmm. But teams like the, the Nuggets, which OKC beat multiple times, um, mm-hmm. or teams like the Jazz, or uh, or even the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's either Kenrich Williams or maybe Kenrich Williams. You can't ask Jada to be in year two, the LeBron stopper in the playoffs. Not that Gordon Award can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But having another tall body that is not cramping 
your spacing because we can say many things about Gordon Hayward, but he's a he's a fine shooter. I mean, it's especially when you give him good shots. He's a player that can hit shots, can hit wide open shots. And defenses will probably have to stay a little bit closer to him mm-hmm. compared to, to Giddy because he can, like, if, if he refuses a three, if you leave him, like, why extra wide open, like, I don't know, 12 feet, 15 feet, he will just make two dribbles and let you pay with a, with a, with a um, dribble jumper because he's a fine shooter. Can he mm-hmm. play? That's the question. Yeah. And and I was and then I'll I'll finish this monologue. But I was chatting with some Italian friends and and I said, well, if he can play eight ten games, uh, those eight ten games, then this trade is worthy. And I said, well, it's a big if. I know, I know it's a big if. But what is the real downside? Yeah, the the I don't see like a major downside to this trade. You know, they didn't trade any picks that have like tremendous upside. They traded away players that weren't going to play in the playoffs. Yeah. And so I, I just don't, I mean, if you're, if there's hand wringing about this, like I just, uh, one, I don't get it. Also like look nationally, like Zach Lowe's praising this deal. Seth Partnow is praising this deal. Like guys that like really watch a lot of basketball think that like, yeah. Oh, this is actually a good deal for the thunder. And it gives them like one more guy that, can actually play the role like they're they're putting Josh Giddy in a role to play like they're actually going to ask Gordon Hayward to play. And there may be minutes and, and hopefully he gets healthy from what I understand he's going to be healthy soon if not very soon for the Thunder. If not Sunday. If not I mean <laughs> Sunday would be amazing. It's it is it impossible? I don't know. I mean also we know how injuries were kind of handled in Oklahoma City whenever things didn't whenever the games didn't matter it was like you're not feeling that good yeah. why don't you have a seat my friend you know here yeah. where it's like hey we're fighting for playoff positioning we're fighting to like go deep in the playoffs i think i think it's good um we have a super chat from hot spot casino he says i like the trade because it should take the ball out of Dub's hands i want him to play off ball i just hate that hayward is injury prone if he wasn't injury prone, he wouldn't have been available for this price. One, yeah, and then two, like he probably just wouldn't be available. Period, or you'd have to give up a lot. So, like, it's there's like two sides of the coin. Like on one side, it's he's injury prone. Is he actually going to play for us? You know, what is he at this point in his career? All fair questions. And then the other side is like, hey, they got him because he is that. You know, like that's yeah. that's how it happened, and. And he's expiring, and he has no value whatsoever for Charlotte going forward. Yeah. And in this deal, I mean, another wrinkle, which it's not mine, it's, um, um, I mean, Mark's tweeted about it. Yes, it's about having Hayward in the playoffs, but it's also clearing, like, a lot of money for next yeah. year. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's $8 millions, roughly $8 millions for Mitzic, $5 millions for Bertans. Um and then you have uh, probably three and a half, four for Trey Man. Um, so all this money means something. Like it's it's not nothing. Eight like eighteen millions in in, in um, next year's cap. It's actually good money. I mean, you can use them to sign someone. You can use to extend guys. You can use to whatever you want. You have a lot of flexibility. And if you have to pay like two second rounders, 
to have more space and a chance that maybe Hayward is a guy that in a unit with um, Giddy, Dub, and 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 him, you have enough spacing because I mean, if Hayward can play with Giddy, J Dub, uh, Chet in the second unit, oh. and you have Giddy as the lone known shooter, that lineup will work so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about Case and Wallace, Giddy, um, J Dub. Hayward and Chet. I mean, that is their second unit because the the other one will be um, probably Shea, Dort, Joe, whatever, and and and, and Jalen Williams. Maybe Usman Jank for some minutes, which Shea will hold. I mean, the second unit is extremely good if Hayward can give you a little bit of spacing and not awful defense. That's that's what it's asked. And and I know that that uh, to some degree, Mitzich was making that unit run extremely well. But I don't want to take the ball away from Giddy's hands necessarily. Um, I don't want to take the ball from Jada's hands necessarily. I mean, having an, another guy who can be a playmaker but doesn't need to be a playmaker in order to be effective, which was that, which was the main issue with Mitzich. Because either you play him as a playmaker with the ball in his hands or he's not effective. Yeah. And now we have another play. And if you play him with Giddy, that doesn't work. Yeah. We remove one of that and we add like size while having some ball handling capabilities as well. Yeah. I mean, this season, he was averaging 14.5 points, 4.7 rebounds, 4.6 assists. You know? And he's, yeah. a, and he's a guy they didn't pay it a whole lot for. And, and, they, and he did that in 31 and 31.9 minutes per game. The good news for Gordon is like he doesn't have to play that much anymore. I mean, it's no. going to be half that. 18? Yeah. It's not going to be a whole lot. And there, be, there may be times, and like the hope is this. You get to the playoffs, and you need somebody with some experience that like is not going to be afraid of the moment that's been there before. Which they just don't have that many of those guys, and we we've even seen it in some like big time games recently where it's like, man, we're just like checking off the guys who like are not con- you know contributing in this game. And I think Hayward's going to be a guy that can do it, and he gives them like lineup versatility where like if you did like go super small. Like you could play him at the four. You could even go bigger and play Jay Will and Chet and then Gordon at the three and Dub at the two and Shea at the one. You know, you could yeah. play bigger like that where if you if you yeah. needed to. You could go Uber you could go super small with him at the at the four and have Ken, he and Kenrich next to each other. Like he just offers like lineup versatility where he can play the three and the four. And this was the kind of guy that we were kind of calling for all season and it's why he was ranked number three on our trade we had like this whole big trade document that we made where we went through all the names we could possibly think of that Did could we be put traded. him at three we really? put him, yeah we had him at three number three wow i can share oh, we, see. we are very good we are very good i can share the document i think that let me let me try to share my screen here because like this and all the names kind of make sense and people are still very much in Oh, the Thunder should have gotten a big. I just got done with a with a podcast for the Athletic NBA show, and the talk was just like, "Oh, they should have gotten a big. I wish they could have gotten a big." It's like, listen, like they weren't going to trade for a big. You know, Cam Johnson, yeah. number one on the list. the The word on the street about the Nets is that they just valued their guys more than anybody else, like period. And so they weren't yeah, they going. Did. Yeah, you'd have to give up a ton to get him. Say, like Dorian Finney-Smith, the value was just like so far through the roof that they didn't even trade him today. Um, Al Horford I think was, they wanted like two firsts. 
Is that is that? I think they wanted like two good firsts, like two firsts <laughs> that you know. And the Thunder were like, "Hey, we got a couple in 2024." I don't know that they said that. Uh, nope. I don't. This is all just conjecture. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think they probably wanted two really good firsts. And if you're a, one of those teams, you're like, "All right, cool." You know, no thanks. Yeah. Um, Al Horford was second. Al Horford didn't get moved in a deal. I mean, and the only way that I was going to work, and we talked about this, and this was actually an idea that was kind of born from uh, our friend John Hamm, was that perhaps they did want to get Kelly Olenek and they would flip Horford for Olenek and then the Thunder could be maybe the third team or whatever. That didn't happen. So the third guy on our list is Gordon Hayward. And and it's honestly just like because it made so much sense because one, it'd be low cost, and and he's a position of need. For the people that like understand the way the Thunder are going to operate, he was a position of need. And they're maybe complaining that like they didn't get our number five guy, Kelly Olinick, in at this deadline, but I think I honestly think part of it is it was gonna cost a first to get him. Yeah. And are you willing to pay a first? I think a question that the Thunder probably had to ask themselves is are we willing to pay a first? in order to just basically rent a guy for the rest of the season. And obvious and yeah. I think the answer was no because they actually could have given a better first because the first that was traded for Olenek was the, the was the worst of the Thunder's picks. Um and this one was the second worst of the Thunder's picks that they ended up giving up which we'll talk about that in a second, but they could have given that up and certainly gotten Kelly Olenek if they wanted him. Yeah. I also think that there is a sincere belief in Jay Will that yeah. they want to see what he looks like too. But it's a good question to have, Andrew. Like, do, do you prefer to give up uh, two first, uh, sorry, two seconds for Gordon Hayward or yeah. one first to Kelly Olenek? And again, yeah, um, I think that's, I think that's up. definitely the right question. Yeah, that's the right yeah. thing. To, that's the right way to phrase it. And there was also a comment in the chat that I want to, to discuss from Austin uh, Casemayer, who says Ado Hayward was probably going to be bought out. And OKC paid little to guarantee that he ends up with them and not a bigger market. Good stuff. Yeah, but keep in mind, Austin, that the money and the trade, like the fact that you remove three players and you get one, gives you a ton of flexibility to be active on the buyout market on other players while reducing your salary for next season. I'm going to repeat because it's it's like this is also something that would not have happened with Olenek. Yeah. Like uh, was he making like 9 million something like that? I don't remember. Who? Olenek. Oh, Olenek. Yeah, I think that's right. Around 9 million. So, yeah, so yeah. you have to incentivize the Nets to take in more salary, the um, uh, sorry, the jazz. the jazz to take in more salary, which was not easy. Uh and so Yes, Olenek makes sense. Uh, you probably have to go Mitzic uh, and first 12.1 million. 12.1. So it's Mitzic and Man, but not Bertans. Like if you if you have yeah. Bertans, then you need to add money mm-hmm. to make it work. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Charlotte, you said, okay, two first, and, I, and I'm saving a lot yeah. this year two and seconds. next year. Yeah. So, and again, you have two roster spots available right now. Yeah. Um, you can look for. I don't know whoever is on the, the and they're one market. of the they're one of the few teams, them along with the Sixers, who also have cleared two spots, who can actually take in buyout guys, where like all the other quote unquote contenders can't do it unless they yeah. are unless they made a certain amount of money before the buyout, which is kind of confusing, but 
that's how it, that's how it works. So yeah, they they could be in the market for some kind of big. Do I expect there to be a big man, another big man on this roster? Not necessarily. I really no. do not do not think that that's going to happen. Hey, shout out to the guy who gave us a super chat. Andrew and Mickey are the best. Thanks for the great content. Thank you so much for that. Thank comment. you. So so nice. Um, I don't think it, it will be a Robin Lopez, but who knows? He may be like a great character in the locker room. I would. Be um, I, would I personally would be so pumped if Robin Lopez <laughs> was on this team. I would. I would do it just for the content alone. Give me Robin yeah. Lopez for the content. Can you alone. imagine? Yeah, but I, I think overall they did really. The Thunder did well at the deadline. They got a yeah. pl- they got a guy who, if he can play, is going to be very helpful. And they also we can talk about this now. Oh, Jason Potter in the chat says Thad Young could, to be bought out per report. Like that's another guy that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That. Not a thunder guy in terms of weight of playing the game, shooting, uh, like and passing. Yeah, yeah. But just like another this is, body. This, yeah, yeah. If you, if you if you can get it for like, I don't know, whatever prorated minimum, better minimum, it's fine. Yeah. Um, the point to me on on Hayward is also the fact that he plays exactly the way Okis is playing. Uh, you said it probably already, but this is extremely important because I think that he can be uh, a plug and play kind of guy. Yeah, which is extremely useful. Yeah, and it and it's not it, it's an interesting team to be put on because I don't not everybody in the league can just be plopped on the Thunder and just get minutes and play. And I think hey, like you're right, Hayward can do that. Like he can he can make that happen because like he's really smart and he can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble, he can do all the things that you want. And the hope is that he'll be ready to go. It'd be cool if he played Sunday against the Kings. I don't, I don't know his status and when mm. that's that's going to happen. But I think soon enough we're going to see Gordon Hayward in a Thunder uniform, and it's going to one. It's going to make the Thunder more competitive internally because I just don't think those three guys were going to compete for like legitimate playoff minutes, and so like it may cause like these other guys to up their games a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. and Hayward. I just think he's the kind of guy that that they needed. They needed a bigger wing. They need a bigger wing that can play next to Chet in closing moments that is just a little bit taller, can hit threes. You have to close out to him. You know, he's hitting 40% of his corner threes, I think, is a big deal. I mean, that's what he is for his career, and he's been better than that in recent seasons and playing for a team that doesn't generate great shots either. And I was looking at at P.J. Washington's stats – for this pod that we just did for the athletic NBA show. And he's shooting 34% on catch and shoots, you know? And, and some of that is like, some of yeah. that is like PJ is kind of a strange player, but some of that is like, they don't generate great shots in Charlotte and think no, about how no, wide no, open. Lamelo is. A, yeah. I mean, how wide open is Gordon going to be in this offense? Like it's, I, I think it's just one more guy that can really knock down shots and, and like how long, like how many years were we all beating our heads against the wall about them acquiring shooters? And like, they just acquired another shooter, a guy that can really knock down shots to this team who already has, I mean, they already have a, I mean, this team has a lot of shooting. I mean, you know how many guys are averaging 39% from three or better on this team? Um, It was a lot. And now it's probably a little bit less, but um, 
Well, it, but a lot. it actually probably stays the same. Um, so Dort is shooting 39%. Oh, no. Chad it, is over over 39%, probably. It, it is a Case little bit Wallace. less because Trey Mann and Bertans were oh, okay. shooting above 40. But like guys that are getting significant minutes, like it adds one more guy. I mean, Wiggins, J-Dub, J Joe, Kaysen, Chet, and then Dort, Dort. And, Dort and Kenrich. So there's seven guys that play yeah, I don't trust Kenrich. Kenrich to be a shooter, shooter when it matters. Yeah, I trust they would a little bit more. Yeah, it's just like another option for them. It's just another option for them. Um, I really like it. I really like it for them. Yeah. I think it's, I and think also, it's a really nice deal. Weirdly enough, OKC starts with a package of assets and suddenly, uh, if you look at the end of the trade deadline, it's much better. It's better. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Which... I'm so glad we've been doing this. We've been doing this series for the OKC Dream Team show, where we're breaking down draft prospects, and we've done it every year. And we've really we started it here on Down to Dunk, basically. Is and we're going through all these no. prospects, and like we're just like texting back and forth, just like, dude, like this is so bad. There's just there's just you know people are like oh maybe it's a good role player draft. I'm like. Stop trying to like sugarcoat this pile of poop in front of me. Like, don't do. How it. can you say that? We have to talk about the car. I I know. I know. I know. I am so glad they have basically punted this draft to the moon. I am so glad that the Utah Jazz are saying, "Hey, let's just get our pick back," and they're trading away veterans. Awesome. Thank you, because all I really want is that one Houston pick that's probably going to fall between 8 and 12, I would guess. And then, like, just give me Kyle Filipowski and let's just call it a day, please. And, like, don't yeah. give me anybody else. I don't really want anybody else in this draft except for him. I think he'd be awesome for this team, and I think that he could yeah. come in and, like, play he'd, as a, Kel a Kelly Olenek type of role. Like, great. Cool. Yeah. Don't give me anybody else. And Sam Presti did that today, and I am—I was just elated. I was elated to see that they traded this pick in this draft. That's late. They basically have gotten rid of their two late picks. Um, and they parlayed it into what could be a valuable pick. Yeah, I think yeah. it could be a valuable pick for them yeah, for, it's uh, certainly in 2028. 2028. Who yeah. knows? It's a swap. Is it a protected swap? I don't think so. Um, I there are not any protections listed anywhere that I can find. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. This is this is good. This is this is improving your draft stock. It's not adding picks, but it's probably improving whatever. I mean, it's five spots more. Who cares? I mean, you will need that. Yeah. Ask. Basically, what you do is you take a pick that really didn't have a lot of upside. You knew it was going to be probably a bottom six pick in this draft. Which yeah. in which case you can't. They don't have like the the room to add guys like that to the roster. Yeah. Like they just don't yeah. have the room to do it. And so you probably have room to add one more guy, right? And so they keep that one pick. That's great. They they may end up with two. You know, we don't know where Utah is going to be, and they can't control that. You know, Utah still could yeah. be outside the top ten and still like make the play in or whatever. Like that's still possible. And so whatever. I, I think that they I think they need to I think they need to just have the one. That's what I would want is for them to just have the one. Get another basically 
if Utah does like lose enough, it's almost like they acquired another 2025 pick and then took yeah. that other pick and have acquired a, a better version of their own 2028 pick would be the hope. And like you said, like it, they could only be five spots better, but it just gives you the chance to maybe draft the guy that you actually want in 2028. Or you can trade that swap in 2028 to somebody, and that may have a lot of value to somebody. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to get better. And I think the Thunder, I think they did it. I think like for Dallas, it's a very, very, very risky move. Because it's it's yeah. the year basically after Luca could can walk from this deal is twenty twenty eight, and so there is tremendous upside with this. If thing, I mean, and they've been making risky move after risky move. They don't have picks to trade. Yeah. They don't have any picks to trade, and so they're betting on the Luca Kyrie pairing to work out as they move through this. I, and if you're the Thunder, they're betting on a Luca Kyrie pairing to blow up. Which would you rather bet on at this point? Yeah. After all, and, and we and there's no they could end up being awesome and great, and maybe they're even better than the Thunder. The Thunder made a calculated risk to punt this draft and to say when the Thunder are supposed to be, and they're already amazing. I don't want to like gloss over that. They're already an amazing team, but when they're supposed to be like in it where they have been through some playoff rounds and they have done some stuff, and then to have a pick that has more upside than their own, which could end up being like the 29th pick in the draft or whatever that year, if you have the chance to get the 19th pick instead, or upside, who knows what it could be, but if that's what it is, you move from 29 to 19, great. Like I would pay the the 27th pick in this draft just for the – the chance to move from 29 to 19 in a in a year where you actually really really need those draft picks. This year, again, they just don't really need them. They have their core guys, the three core guys. They have other young guys developing around them and they're going to have a chance to get another top 10 pick in this draft already. So they just yeah, exactly. to, to me, I think it's yeah. I think it's a really smart way to handle it because I I just don't know that you can walk away from this next draft with three picks. And them all play and be good. Yeah, no, it's it's actually good that they also having space now to add one of those picks because it's now they don't have to make make weird roster moves. They have yeah. the space. They will probably sign someone. Uh, they have expiring, so they can lodge like one, two, three players next season without having to re rethinking the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yes, it's paying a pick now to maybe pick better so it's not adding a pick yeah but the upside the upside of that pick is huge um it's it's a risk on something that likely wouldn't have mattered uh, a lot yeah um so these things are actually like trying to not mortgage your your like whatever you're doing not wasting resources now and and having a little bit of upside um later on so Mm -hmm. it's it's those are good moves and and i think that um again um sometimes you win those trades sometimes it's um not really helpful but like thinking about the clippers and what they got they got uh with the 12th pick if it will not always be like that but you trade to do those kind of moves yeah yeah without a doubt like you just give give yourself a chance to have some upside and that's what that was 
and with this current pick, like maybe you do hit a home run with the 27th pick in the draft. It's happened before, but it's just very unlikely. What what they're betting yeah, on look, is just Ken Kaysen, 12 uh, yeah. dub, and of course 13 Jang and 18 uh, Trey Man. But like, if you pick there enough times, yeah, chances are that you get maybe like two, three good players out of five picks. And this mm-hmm. is exactly what Presti is banking on. Mm-hmm. Even in the next draft, uh, we are not thinking, there was a, a post that said, we are thinking that everyone is a bust. No, it's not like that. It's definitely not like that. Yeah. But it's not a strong draft where you see guys that can fit. I mean, we were enamored with uh, Trey Murphy. Uh, we loved uh, Derek White. We mm-hmm. said, oh, that guy. I mean, we like Filipowski, we like Cody Williams, which is completely out of the uh, range yeah. for KC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I like. Yeah, there are other guys that I like, but I again, I'd rather walk away from this draft with one guy than like three of them. Like, yeah. it, and it's also not. It's. I think that they're kind of past the era of like bringing in multiple guys from drafts and just hoping that they work out. I mean, look at last year's draft. I mean, they walked away with one first round guy. And I I just think like you're, you're closer to that where you just, it's not like you need to ignore the draft. You don't, you need to continue to bring in guys and hope that they can help you. Absolutely. I don't think like that's, I don't, I think that you have to, and they will, and they obviously will, but I just don't think you can bring in three guys or even two even two guys in this section. They may they may have two picks, but I just don't think you can bring in multiple guys and develop yeah. them on this team. Like where are the minutes? Where and that's how you develop exactly. guys is with minutes. So I just that that's why I'm like very happy about like the moves the Jazz made and then the move of moving that pick. I just don't think I think it's really hard. I mean, look at Jang. Like Jang was even the a lottery pick and like what Jang honestly needs right now is minutes to just screw up and to just be who he is and not, and just have just like freedom to play NBA minutes to get better because that's how you get better in the NBA is playing NBA minutes. Exactly. It's really hard. it's It's really hard for Jang to develop in the G and then come up, and become like some great player just through playing in the G League. I, it's just really, really difficult. And so I think, right? And then you're asking like guys that are younger than him to come in. I just think it makes it, it makes it tough. And that's, I mean, that's why I really like the deal. I really like the deal for them. I really like both deals. And I, did yeah. they pay more than I thought they would have to for Hayward? Yeah. Maybe a bit. They, they did pay more than I thought that they would have to. I didn't really think they'd have to give up picks. But we also don't know like yeah, but what. Think about the salary. The salary is part of it. Yeah, I mean Bertans has five million next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also taking in something that expires and some and like leaving thirteen millions on yeah. salaries uh, for 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 the Hornets. Yeah, I mean two seconds for thirteen millions. It's not. It's no really harm. It's no harm, no foul kind of deal. Yeah. Where if Hay- if Hayward comes in and he gets hurt again and he can't and he can't play throughout the playoffs. I just don't think it's that that big of a deal, you know. No. And and perhaps like the the gripe would be that they didn't get Royce O'Neal or Kelly Olynyk or somebody like that. But also I just don't think those guys 
one, they're expiring, and it was going to cost a little bit more. Not necessarily for O'Neal, but and I and I like Royce O'Neal. I wish they would have acquired him because I think he's just he's more healthy. But he also doesn't provide the lineup versatility that we're talking about with Gordon. Yeah. And that you can play him at three and four because he's more of a two three. I still think that they could have figured something out with him because um, it didn't cost a whole heck of a lot to get him for Phoenix. Yeah. And Phoenix didn't have a whole lot to give anyways. So do do I but I still understand like wanting a bigger wing. And that's why he was rated higher for us ultimately, was that he's yeah. a bigger wing. He didn't cost as much. And he is this is going to give them just a a lot of versatility. And you keep all of your young guys. You keep all of the core of your team. You keep every young guy that you really like on this yeah. team. And you didn't have to deal them because I think teams were calling. Like for the guys that, that we maybe like really, really wanted, like the Cameron Johnsons, it was going to take one of the young guys that we really like in order to get. Yeah, him. it's Case and Joe in a pick. Yeah, I mean, they were going to be asking for Case or Joe or maybe both. Yeah. And yeah. and I also think that there's probably a part of the Thunder that aren't aren't ready to give up on on Jang. I mean, Jang played really well in Utah. And I think the hope is that he can get better and you know, give him another year okay. and see what he does. Okay. I'm not a believer in Jang. But yeah. I'm just saying maybe that's what happens. I know there's a lot of Jang, some some people in the Jang gang that are out there. And I and I'm not nece- I'm not necessarily a part of that. But I, you know, the idea is like he could still go out there. Honestly, like the the hope with him is that he could become a player like Gordon Hayward. You know, hey, maybe this is um, just um, to take a player to teach Usman Jang how to be, <laughs> <laughs> how to play twenty five game in a season or fifty four. Hey, maybe that that's would be the cool. Deal. I'm less of a believer in that. Also, you you get like the basically an opportunity to bring in. Um, Hayward now and then re-sign him in the offseason if things go really well. Like you'll have the space to do it and you could bring him yeah. back on a cheaper deal. And if he's great for yeah. you, awesome. If he's if he's hurt and he can't do it, then you let him go. Also, I don't think a buyout was inevitable with him. He really enjoyed being in Charlotte. Like he was vocal about that on many platforms that he was that yeah. he would have enjoyed just staying in Charlotte. Like they have roots there, his family's there. He would have liked to stay in Charlotte. And so I don't think it was an inevitable buyout. Like a buyout is usually like a two-sided thing with teams. And so I don't think the people saying like, oh, he was going to be bought out anyways. I don't think that was actually the case. So don't need to worry about that. I don't think they could have just gotten him for free. And also the Thunder couldn't have gotten off the money, like you said. So it's like overall yeah. just a helpful, helpful thing for both teams. Um, all right. I'm done talking. McKelly's got to go to bed. I've been. Yeah. I'm constantly texting Andrew Zets to say, "Okay, I'm, I need to go to sleep." But yeah, yep. McKelly's got to go to bed. I've got to stop talking because I've been talking since 8 a.m. this morning about trade deadline. <laughs> Guy, I love this day. What a great day! Thanks so much for joining. Hey, um, if you're in the stream right now, which there are a lot of you, thank you so much for everybody for joining us. Uh, please hit that like button right now. That would be very, very helpful. That's all I need you to do. Just stop for a second, hit the like button. Uh, very fun day. Not No star trades, but lots of trades 
happened and lots of trades that didn't happen. And if you want to hear more about it, you can listen on Down Dunk tomorrow. And then also on Slam and Jam tomorrow on the Athletic NBA show, Alex and I are going to talk to Sam Amick about the day and kind of what did and didn't happen. So tune into that. And you can also listen to me also on the Nerdish Wrote pod where we break it down with uh, Dave DeForest, Seth Partnow, and Keel. So good stuff. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.